0: You're listening to Recommended Daily Dose with Drs. Clinton Coleman and Suraj Suggar. The not-so-average health show with a unique spin on what's making headlines in healthcare.
1: Welcome to Recommended Daily Dose. I am your host, Dr. Clinton Coleman, along with my partner, Dr. Suraj Suggar. And we have a great guest, a special guest. This young man, you all may know him as Joe the Policeman from the What's Going Down episode of That's Mama's House right? T-nex. Your, uh, T-nex, very T-nex very own.
2: own. t finest in the house. Dr. Jason Baines. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming. You're welcome. Now, you're
1: an orthopedic surgeon, right? So, I am. Um, but you're, you're trained in
2: sports medicine. So I am. Tell us where you, where you did your training. Well, first, I want to go back to the introduction. I want to thank you guys for having me because I've been looking up to you for the past six months. Every time I drive down Route 4, I look up at this beautiful poster of these two handsome beautiful. young gentlemen, wow. Wow. and so it's quite an honor and a privilege is it to it e- be sque- equally
1: handsome, or
0: uh, or is one more than the other? Just be well, kind. You have
2: you have more hair, but I like the bald look because I have no hair also. So I'm going with Sugar over there on that one. So uh, yes, Doctor Coleman, thank you very much. I am an orthopedic surgeon and I specialize in sports medicine. Um, after residency, I did a sports medicine fellowship where I really learned the intricacies of sports injuries, not just how to operate on sports injuries, but also how to diagnose them. And more importantly, which my main part of my practice is trying to teach people how to prevent sports injuries. Because as we get older, we all try to still get out and think we're 15, 20 years old, and we get a lot of sports injuries. And so one of my goals in my practice is trying to keep those to a minimum and trying to keep people out of the operating room, even though it does a lot better than seeing you in the office. (laughs) We want people not to have surgery. I've had seven surgeries myself in my lifetime. I did not like any one of them. They're painful. They're not fun, but they got me better eventually. Um, And so I tell my patients, look, if I can get you not to have surgery, it's a great thing. And so that's really what sports medicine is evolving to now is really trying to prevent injuries. Are there different sports that
1: you see, like different injuries or like, because a lot of patients I see, You know, they've done football or ran or cycling, and then when they get older, they have, you know, knee issues, shoulder issues, or is it, I guess it depends on what type of sports. Yes,
2: absolutely. I mean, there's, it's seasonal. So we'll see during the springtime, a lot of people are coming back to track. I got a high jumper who, he's a freshman in high school, and he just started doing high jump, and he doesn't stretch. A lot of adolescents don't stretch. They're too busy playing video games or whatever they do, and he runs out jumps try to jump five foot six inch on the high jump feels a pop in his knee and he didn't come to see me before him beforehand before he started doing so track. that's
0: a great place to start because i don't think it's just teenagers I and mean, we're talking about weekend warriors i run yes and i basically uh just uh, start moving start running it's Bad. my own fault you know I think i'm still 20 which i'm possibly double that age so <laughs> so why don't we start there? i think that's a great point is that you know how do we prevent these things from happening
2: yes so The main thing, as you just said, is as we get older, our ligaments have degenerated over time, so they become tighter. And so I tell every single person, get a little heat, so you kind of put a heating pad on your knees, your Achilles tendons, that's if you're running. um, And do a good five to seven-minute stretch, a quadriceps stretch, a hamstring stretch achilles stretch and then you start at a light pace and then you pick up for a good 45 minutes to an hour run. Now how about you uh, know wait, wait, Coleman wait.
0: doesn't really run he no. he speed he speed walks he he yeah, he's so, just so naturally so you But a, listen if you're a I'm, competitive speed walker should you also stretch? Yeah,
1: absolutely, especially <laughs> at his age. You see his gray hair, we got to get <laughs> him right. moving so he definitely but, needs but to But I'm laughing as well. because how are you going to tell like Someone our age to be stretching and put ice packs before they even exercise. No, it seems not like ice packs before you exercise. Or well, whatever heat it is. Before but you heat. exercise,
2: ice afterwards. Ice after. Because if you when don't you want to feel like an old man like when you're trying to do that, <laughs> it stuff. doesn't matter. If you want to really feel like an old man, you're going to have surgery and then you're going to be laid up for three months. Oh, that's a great point. And yeah. that's a problem because then you start getting fat, you start feeling bad for yourself oh, I'm really old. I needed a meniscus surgery because I didn't do the stretching. Yes. And the doctor told you to do it. So now you come have surgery, you lay it up for three months and don't complain because you didn't do what I said. Uh, well, so, ladies and gentlemen, this is a good doctor, right? He's trying to prevent him he, from doing
1: surgery. So I, that's and, why he's here. This yeah, absolutely. absolutely important. But
0: when you're saying stretching, what about static versus dynamic? I yes. always hear about this. You know, what, can you expand upon that a little bit?
2: So we wanted to eccentric stretching, which is more of the dynamic stretching. So I like to tell people to get those exercise therabands. Right. And for an Achilles, for instance, you could put it under the ball of your foot. Lift your foot up like you're stepping off of the brake and then slowly put it down against the stretch of the theraband. So that's really going to stretch out your Achilles tendon. You're going to hold it for a good 30 seconds, and that's really going to stretch out your Achilles tendon. Similar with the quadriceps, it's very hard for us as we get older to get our heel all the way back to our butt. Mm-hmm. That's a true quadriceps stretch. So you take one of those therabands, wrap it around the top of your foot, get it to the back, and you're holding it behind your back, and then slowly bring it down. So right. That's really going to stretch out your quadriceps. So you want to see see uh, NBA games, they're doing that like before, yeah. like, before the games. So. And then another big thing is, I don't know if you guys have heard of the foam roller. Yeah, a lot of runners use that. Phenomenal. Yeah. I, I, try, I tell all my patients, get your, if you're a runner, even if you're doing you know, golf, even if you walk, like to walk the course, take a foam roller and roll out your IT band, your quadriceps, your right. hamstrings. That's really going to break up the tension before you get into your activity.
1: So every time before you exercise, I recommend it. Yeah,
2: I mean it's it's very hard, obviously. Right, but or everybody's busy. But that's the best way to stay healthy in terms of your joints.
0: No, that's a great point because you know we all are time crunch, and I figured I could stretch for fifteen minutes or I could just run for half an hour. Correct. You know, and then sometimes you just get out there and start running.
2: Yes, and He's then you stretch afterwards too. Both. Right? Okay. Yeah, so you should really put an hour. I tell patients put an hour time limit on your whole exercise activity. So you want to do 45 minutes running, seven and a half minutes stretching before, 7 seven and a half minutes. So bookended, yeah. That's a, that's a great point. Now, you yeah. may
1: not know this, but. Um have they done like studies to show that if you stretch before and after, that that'll equate to less injuries? I or or I that's can't just like you something to you to see. Not, I'm not as smart as you guys. To something you see. Oh, <laughs> let's read your <laughs> I, resume, okay? Uh, <laughs> undergraduate degree from Princeton University. Got his medical degree from Yale. Oh, please. And then went to Mount Sinai Orthopedic <laughs> Surgery. I think no, you're who's, doing. Who's the smart one? Uh, that's right. That's right. I, I had a lot of connections. You know, you got to yeah. know the
2: right people at the right time. It helps. Mom, you mom didn't pay anybody. No, <laughs> <either. laughs> my mom was a teacher. Drop five hundred. Well, my was a to teacher in Englewood. <laughs> we didn't get that much money back then. So uh, so we just worked hard and met the right people. And uh, that's all you got to do. you know? so He like, is smart, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so you, you can trust
0: what he's saying <laughs> Thank today. you. Thank you. All right. So that's great. We, you know, we're talking about how to prevent this. But what about when time comes to surgery? What, what's, what, how do you approach the patients at that point?
2: Yeah. So there are certain things, obviously. That are going to need surgery regardless. Like if you're running and you didn't do the stretching appropriately, even if you did, there are times when you're going to tear your Achilles tendon, for instance. Right. There's no rehab for that. It's either you live with it, which people who are very active don't want to because you're going to have a weakness, right. or you have surgery on it and you're going to be up, you know, stop running or golfing, whatever, for about six to nine months to let that heal. So there are injuries such as Achilles tears, ACL tears, which are very common in people over 35 who don't stretch enough and go out to play basketball or soccer, and they tear their ACLs. If you want to continue that sport, you're going to have to have surgery. I tell people, it's not. thank God it's not cancer. It's nothing that's going to kill you. But that function is not going to be – I don't right. treat – the only time I treat patients for pain is usually – the more of the uh, older, older patients that Dr. Right. Coleman will send me that the need knee replacements or shoulder replacements because those are degenerative conditions. Right. But the younger patients.
0: It's impeding their lifestyle. It's then. impeding their lifestyle. It's, yeah, the it's a functional
2: yeah. thing that we do. And so when a patient comes back four months later, I have pain, doctor, but I'm, re- I'm feeling strong. My leg's getting stronger. So that's good that you're having pain. That means your muscles are coming back to life and all the inflammation is brewing up and healing. And so pain means you're alive, I tell people. And so it's, it's a good thing.
0: One has to suffer to live. I
2: like yes, that. that's, I yeah. like that. That's the mantra. I <laughs> that's like good. That. That's right. <laughs> what is it? No pain, no gain, No pain, no, no gain. Pain, right? No gain. Yeah, that's so right. You got to just keep moving and don't let the pain hold you back. And uh, as I said, pain is a lot of times it's psychological. People have the surgery and they're like just kind of feeling bad and pity for themselves. And that kind of brews up the pain. Um, but just if you can move your arm, get it moving. Now, my co host here, he cycles, right? So, not, that's a cycle we're... too? And, and just run?
0: Uh, really running in and tennis. And your
1: Lululemon's or? Running in tennis. L- Lululemon's does make clothes <laughs> oh, for men.
0: Uh, do I they would, really? But I wouldn't recommend it for you. You're a little bit uh, too thin. He's too thin. Yeah, it's yeah. not, not enough to find.
1: I do on my look, bones. He would,
2: he would get the women's one. No, but I think what, I think what the my point was. Yes, what is the point? Do you have a point? The point but, is that cycling is better than running. No, no, but with <laughs> all
1: these, this this interest in all these exercising and like extreme exercising mm. and, like CrossFit do you Crossfit's see different types one, right? of injuries yeah or? so
2: that's a very good point because there's this new thing called H-I-I-T or HIT, the high high impact, intensity high interval intensity, training. that's right and
1: now what do these people train
2: I don't what are they training for? it really like, tones your body so that's what they're training for, like so fitness goals. They're not training for. But any the idea you can
0: have shorter, more efficient Correct. workouts, right? So instead of running for forty-five minutes, it uh, could be twenty minutes. It could be twenty minutes, but more intense. However, it's better for cardiovascular health. Experience. However,
2: if you're not well hydrated during these activities, right. And I can speak personally this because this did happen to me. You can go into what's called rhabdomyolysis, which mm. I mean, you guys—I don't know what's called. You guys know what that is. Uh, I didn't know what I it was. I I didn't know what it was. Coleman was, is a, was, a, Coleman's was, a <laughs> nephrologist. So we hope he knows. <laughs> he was my nephrologist when I had rhabdomyolysis. So,
1: uh, should I tell your story? Sure. Tell us the story. You commonly say it with like, you know, intense cycling or running. But what happens is this guy wasn't even doing either, right? You were helping somebody move? No, that's
2: not true. I was doing an intense hit workout. And, and then, the then you helped move somebody after, move. Then after I helped somebody someone move. right? No, but I did the half an hour HIIT workout. Right. Then I helped somebody move. And then I had the worst pain in my back I ever had in my life.
1: But this this extreme Correct. activity can lead to muscle breakdown. Yes. And that can get into your bloodstream and damage your kidney yeah. you and go into kidney failure and get really dehydrated. Yeah. So, yeah, this guy. Yeah, so you got to really hydrate if
2: you're going to do those hit type of activities. There was a, a story, I believe, in, oh, in 2012, the uh, University of Iowa football team, right. the athletic trainers decided, the strength conditioning coach, excuse me, um, wanted the team to do uh, 200 squats at 75% of your body weight within a half an hour. Mm. Thirteen of the players went into Ravel's my Wow! Yeah, and he does a job. I, I probably not. All right. <laughs> I, would, I, I would not let him get work on my students. That's crazy. But um, but it's it's a you know if you don't hydrate when you're doing these hit type of activities.
0: But that's extreme. Though. What other hit activities are like the average person doing out there? Is trying to you know improve their fitness? Like what yeah. else is it? CrossFit we're talking about? What, yeah. What else?
2: CrossFit. I mean, there's CrossFit. There is. Triathlon. Sure. I see a lot of triathletes. Oh, okay. Right. Um,
1: the mud runners and the, the
2: right the Spartan races. Sure.
1: Or even the intense dance program like room uh, Zumba. Zumba.
2: Uh, yeah. yeah. So all those activities, you just have to make sure that you're well stretched out. Right. Well hydrated. You know. So if you went out drinking the night before, don't start class at seven in the morning without hydrating yourself. Sure. Because as we all know, alcohol is going to dehydrate you. Um. You'll be like, oh, but I was drinking. Club soda with my vodka. Like, no, that's not going to do it. So you got to really focus on that and make sure that you're feeling well hydrated and flexible enough to go into these crazy classes. They're not crazy. They're very successful. I mean, people really reach their fitness goals with these right. classes. And a lot more, of data to
0: show they're actually very efficient. Correct. Right.
2: And they're more enjoyable. Right. You no, know, they're more enjoyable. For me personally, I, I don't do any exercise personally. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Sports fitness dog <laughs> Right. Okay. <laughs> I play golf with Dr. Coleman. That's that's our exercise. We do walk occasionally. We don't walk though. We do occasionally. Talk to
1: the ball. (laughs) And then you hit the 19th hole, right? And then you're there for a couple hours. Yeah,
2: we're going to come back on that. That's not good for you. All right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I wanted to ask about since you you do sports medicine, but you also do like, football, like the physician on on the field. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. We recently talked about. You know, specifically head injuries in young oh. kids. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you see a lot of that or if there's been some progress on there's, recognizing it or if there's anything that we can do. Because yes. my, my, my oldest was into flag football. And, Excellent. And my wife and I were kind of hesitant of letting him play just because of the, the CTE and the head injuries. Very good injuries. question. So CTE, right.
2: which is uh, Chronic Traumatic Encephalopathy, has been shown to increase if you start playing tackle football – Before the age of 12. Before age 12, right. So flag football is phenomenal. I'm a huge proponent of sports. My son plays flag as well, and I think
0: that's been growing exponentially. That's exactly what Dr.
2: Coleman was saying in terms of the progression and lowering CTE rates is flag football, and then the helmets that we have now in high school. I cover three high school football teams. Mm. The helmets that, for some reason, they're not allowed in games. I don't know if they feel some teams can't afford them, Um, but two of the high schools I work with have them for practice, and they're much more – fitting it's not necessarily the padding right that's important it's the fitting of the helmet right because when you get jolted and hit if your head is kind of swimming around in the helmet it's going back and forth so you're having
0: the brain basically moving within Correct. the skull and right, yep. right back and forth so, so i
2: really do think that you know that movie concussion really changed a lot of things and there's been a lot of changes over the 10 years that i've been a sports medicine doctor right. that i've seen and um i think it's good actually at the at glenrock high school which is one of my schools there are more concussions of the cheerleading team than the football team this year. That's um, so a problem. When, well, they dropped a few <laughs> They dropped baskets. them, in? yeah. <laughs> so, they should wear helmets. Yeah. So I tell parents, don't be afraid. I mean, I think I love football. I never played it, but I, I think it's a great sport. Right. Um, and there's a lot of pro- progress going on.
0: So would you say, you know, if someone really wants their kid or the kid wants to play tackle football, What's the reason for age 12? Is that they're not mature enough uh, before they age to tackle properly? Is it is the form? It's, it's too, Is it the brain still opinion, developing? It's two
2: things. You know, the research is just basically showing that there's a correlation, but when I look at kids, it's two things. Number one is their neck strength. Okay, right. We don't have, at eight, nine years old, the neck strength to tackle. And then the second thing is the form Right. because they don't have control of their bodies. At right, the
0: they're not mature enough or disciplined right. enough to tackle
2: properly. Yeah, so right. it's those two things. And, you know, as I said, with flag football you don't have to worry about either of those. Right. So I think I think that's you know sports is one of the best things that keeps kids out of trouble, keeps them focused on their schoolwork and so I tell parents if your kid wants to play a sport just do it safely, talk to your doctor, your pediatrician first right. if you need an orthopedic consult, you call me, I'll talk to you about the sports that I know well of. Excellent. And that's it.
0: But you know, it's just not flag football. right? I mean, uh, or football in general. But I mean, soccer, 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 all these sports have the possibility. Soccer head needs trauma. to stop
2: heading. I don't know if they've. I haven't seen them implement that rule, but there have been research in the orthopedic field right. of how you get concussions because your neck is not strong enough before yeah. twelve to head the ball. You also might hit someone else's head too. Oh yeah. <laughs> hockey, <laughs> hockey, you can't check at a certain age. Right, you can't check. I think until college, right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's not one of my big sports that I follow, but yeah, definitely. So I think they're really implementing good rules. Baseball, for instance, not heads, right. but with pitching.
0: Pitching, yeah, sure. They've
2: instituted how much you can throw. They, You have to write down all of the team. You know, these kids play on all these teams now. Right. You have to tell each coach what team you play on and how many pitches you threw for X team. So you're talking about
0: overuse injuries. Over,
2: overuse injuries, exactly. Because if you pitch too much as a 10 year old, your arm right. is, is going to become jelly.
0: But that's a great point because. We're all about the same age. When we were kids, it Fish wasn't such day. a push for travel sports, right? Yeah. Where you're paying for it. Th- oh, I mean, it wasn't, right. Where there wasn't. So, I mean, you pay a rec sport one season. You pay another rec sport another season. Now these kids are specializing. Yes. What are your thoughts on that?
2: Don't like it. I think that the only sport that I would recommend specializing is gymnastics because you see the majority of the best gymnasts are actually prepubescent. But for other, any other sport that, right. that you know, we typically think of, soccer, basketball, baseball, football, I do not like sports specialization for several reasons. Number one, as we talked about, is you're overusing those muscles. You're not using any of the other muscles right. that are necessary throughout life. You're just using that one muscle. Secondly, you also get a much better social network. If you're playing different sports, you're meeting hmm. different people as you're a kid. you also also good at other sports. And if yes, you play track, yeah. you'll be better at football. Correct. you be better at basketball. And, and I think there's a 2015, I want to say. I just remembered a study. Two There's 256 people drafted in the NFL draft. In 2015, 244 of them in high school were multi-sport athletes. Right, gotcha, right. And so that's, what, 95%? Um, and then if you – like, the, who the best two best basketball players ever, in my opinion, Michael Jordan and LeBron James? They played baseball, uh Michael Jordan played baseball and basketball. Baseball and basketball right. LeBron played football and basketball. Right. So I'm a big fan of not specializing into at least 15, at least 16. Probably. I think there's
0: a lot of pressure on these kids. I think a lot of the kids, I think the, parents, do, like, well, the parents, the yeah.
2: parents, I want them to but focus even the coaches, on they
0: want yeah. uh, they want to do. If they're doing travel, play rec, also right. Too much. Um, you know, my son plays tennis, but he does play year round. Yeah, um, we try to mix other other sports. Mix up
2: those, I mean, just just look at the numbers, though. Right. If you look at how many percent actually go on to get Division one scholarships, because they say, "Oh, I'm gonna be a Division one athlete." That's why I play all year round. Right. Yeah, you're gonna be what the 2.9 percent of basketball players in the right. country. Right. That are gonna get. Division well, I think Bergen County
0: is full of Type A personalities well, right? and it. parents, so we, yes. we know that. <laughs> yeah. And, and you, you know that firsthand. But, they don't, hand, but if, I coach. mean,
2: they, they're intelligent people in Bergen County, so I, if you show them facts, right. Now, I want to get into politics, but some people don't necessarily follow facts. But if we look at facts, and these people in Burn County usually do, you show them, like, look, your kid has this percent chance of going to the Division One professional. Why don't you let him play soccer and basketball if he wants to? If the kid doesn't want to and they have no interest, fine. right? But a lot of parents even don't even offer it right. to their children. And then, you know what happens? They're burnt out by the time they're starting college. They go to college, they're like, I'm just too tired from playing basketball. I played seven days a week for six years. I'm not gonna do it anymore. So I, I think if a kid wants to try something out, you gotta let them. You do gotta it. support it. Yeah.
0: So you know we've been talking a lot about sports, but um, any thoughts on occupational injuries? You do that as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, can we get stethoscope neck? Is that an injury? You
1: know, from doctors? Yeah. you Gotta watch the weight. You guys have those bigger <laughs> <laughs> no, why, so. Wait, wait. Why do you need a stethoscope?
2: Uh, yeah. Because you know, the <laughs> heart. This is to the stomach. Heart is, is the window there. to the soul of all bacteria <laughs> and viruses. That's right. So for us, the stethoscope, we just put it in one spot. That's all. <laughs> that's, that's right. How. When I do my physicals on the high school right. kids, I just put it in one spot. Here hit the lungs, the heart, and the stomach all at the same time. But- this is not
1: true, parents. He <laughs> put it in all <laughs> the spots. He does a thorough physical.
2: I do. Dr. Coleman helps me, so I, we do do But What kind physicals. of uh,
1: like work-related injuries yeah, do you, so you see?
2: We see plenty. You know, For people that have desk jobs, we see carpal tunnel all the okay. time. Right. And so it's very important for you to talk to your human resources. people If you're feeling any numbness or tingling in any of your hands, um, that comes from the wrist area. You should talk right. to your Human Resources okay. about getting you a more comfortable uh, lap uh, keyboard. Something that's ergonomic, right? Nice yeah. word. Yeah, ah, you went to, that's pretty good. Um, or a stand-up desk, how about that? Or a stand-up desk, right. yeah, because that keeps your core strong. Right. Um, and then, you know, we also have, I, I do see a lot of construction workers in my New York office as well as corrections officers, and so they have the more traumatic type of injuries. But for normal day-to-day stuff, the more common things are carpal tunnel syndrome, right. overuse with the shoulders, Um, types of injuries like that that we treat. So the overuse of of shoulders,
0: is that related to technology? People slumped over their desk looking at screens? That is 100% correct. And
2: that's why you have to have, as an orthopedic surgeon, in my opinion, very good relationships with physical therapists. Right. Because most of those types of injuries will respond to an ergonomic change or some physical therapy. therapy And and strengthening. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, some orthopedists own their own physical therapist therapy practice. Others don't. And those like myself who do not, it's important that I know where patients live so I can get them a place because the most important thing about physical therapy is that you go. Right. right. And if they live too far away, they're not going to go. They're never going to go,
0: right.
2: And um, we're going to wrap it up soon, but you,
1: it's been great. Um, what, like, joints do you specialize in? Sure. Like, and, and why is that? Like, I don't understand how <laughs> you go to orthopedic school, right? Orthopedic school. Orthopedic
2: school. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's they went to the same nail. school or that we went to. Right. After medical school, it's <laughs> school orthopedic school. orthopedics. Yes. Right? orthopedics yes. Or orthopedics. Or residents. How you can drill, how you could drill <laughs> as hard as you can or saw as hard as you can. But why
1: is everyone so specialized? <laughs> yes. Like, one orthopedist only, does only hand, Correct. one does the back, the other one does the knee. Like, is that good for medicine? We see it in other specialties, too, but is that good for ortho? So,
2: I operate mainly on knees and shoulders. I do hip fractures also fractures that's like the that. sports par- part of it right because okay. most most sports injuries are knees and shoulder injuries right. that i see um around here i do think specialization is important because there's so many people right and so many doctors right you know so you can have that specialty where you, i tell my friends and my patients like for instance i'll say they'll come in with hip arthritis yeah and I'll say, i don't do hip replacements and they'll say who'd you send me to i give them a couple of names and they're like, well, I went to Joe Schmo. And I said, ask Joe Schmo if they've done at least 20 of these this year. Or within a year, excuse right, me. Right, right. Um, because that's, you talk about specialization. Some people, you know, think they could do everything. Right. And they do only one or two of each. And then I could do a good job, in my opinion. That's true. Um, so for a common procedure, such as a hip replacement, a knee replacement, a shoulder arthroscopy, an ACL, I tell patients, ask the physician if he or she does at least 20 a year. Okay. But if you're out in, like, you know, the Midwest where there's not that many doctors. Correct.
0: Right. More rural areas. They're going to, I mean,
2: yeah. I do probably... 450 to 500 surgeries a year, those people are doing 2,000 yeah. because they have to do everything. Right, And, you know, that's we need that. But here, you can have the specialist, and you want to make sure that you're getting the best treatment. And, right. so and patients it,
1: appreciate if Yeah, Dr. Joe Schmo does hip all day and right. they, they got a hip problem. That's Correct. like the guy you need Absolutely. to see, guy or gal you need
2: to see. Yeah, I was like, I could do it, but it's not going to turn out well. <laughs> but that so. probably
0: echoes just how medicine's become, right? We Our knowledge base is so much more. The days of one doctor delivering babies, taking out your appendix, right, and fixing your fracture are you know, rapidly gone, happened. if not gone, certainly right. on the coast. Especially around here. Right, yeah, exactly. Exactly,
1: exactly. So, ladies and gentlemen, it's Dr. Jason Baines, orthopedist extraordinaire. <laughs> and, uh, Where can people find you?
2: Oh, okay. My office is, um, so I have Baines Orthopedics, which is at 54 South Dean Street in Englewood, New Jersey. Give mm-hmm. us a call at 201-871-4000, and we'll get you in if you need anything. You have a website, too? Yes. My website is part of our surgical center, which is healtheastmedical.com.
0: All right. So we really appreciate you coming on the show today. I think uh, if you can help Clinton with his speed walking injuries, yes. uh, you know, as as really right made little progress. Little damage, yeah. So just no little ones, please. But we really appreciate you coming on. You're quite welcome. To subscribe and hear more episodes, find us on iTunes or Spotify or go to holyname.org slash recommended daily dose. So this is your host, Dr. Surrid Sugar. Dr. Clinton Coleman. We'll see you next time. Until then, be well. Check out recent episodes and learn more about these two modern medicine men and their podcast at holyname.org slash recommended daily dose.